0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the growth from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And we're speaking to those uh, wisdom, to them that are perfect. Why do we speak wisdom to them that are perfect? When most of the general church world says it perfection is not attainable. Not attainable when we're told and commanded by the Lord Jesus Christ, to be you therefore perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfection is required, full maturity. So it's walking in the light as he's in the light. It's a progressive glorification in the body of Christ to finally reach the statue of Jesus to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, full maturity, having our senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil. The ones that understand and know the voice of God is who we're talking to. Now, of course, we want all those, and we as ministers and you and the true believers in Jesus Christ, we are always to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ to draw all men to Him. We realize that. But there is a thing right now, and the new thing that God is doing. It's not revival. Many say, well, we have a revival breaking out here. or There will be a revival there. This is not revival. It's a new thing. It's a thing that God will do. The great thing, as in Psalm 126, he said he would do the great thing. It's the last great reign of his strength revealed in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. That is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And through that three and a half year, time, times and a half, That thousand two hundred three score days of the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry is what the body of Christ is called for. Those that have an ear to hear are the ones that God is gathering it together in the unity of the faith. He's doing it now. Now, when we were in trans Africa, that is in 2019 on January the 19th, the Lord spoke, "Seal my people." By my word, even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Now, friend, that's not because of any of our righteousness or holiness, but simply for his name's sake, he does it. And the body of Christ that know the will of God, knowing the word of God and the present truth, there understand this preceding word by which every believer lives by it is imperative that we the body of christ come together in the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the son of god to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of jesus christ there those that know what this present truth is we are to come together and know to do good only god is good we find that when that Rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, Why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, and that is God. There, but he goes on and says, But if you will enter the life, keep the commandments. We all know that. Now the body of Christ is hearing the present truth of the word of God through the leading of the Holy Ghost and that is, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It is imputed against the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So it requires obedience unto righteousness for us to be pleasing and acceptable in our Lord's sight. That's where we are now. So as we extend this word of invitation to work with us, with Dennis Beard Ministries, DVM here, we need to hear from you. We have Africa right now pleading for us to come that have come out of Trinity denominations into a true one God revelation of Jesus Christ. Those of you that know that, we need to come together. And 1 John 2, 12-14, it's not enough just to be born again the newborn babes desire then sincere milk of the word they may grow thereby. We understand that, but we must grow. That growth state goes then from newborn babies that desire that sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby goes to the next step of little children. In First John 2, verse 12 through 14, John, in his epistle, states, "I write unto you little children. Now, we're going from newborn babies to little children. The children there have been born again. Your sins are are remitted for his name's sake. We see that. But he says, and you have known the Father. You've known that Jesus is the Father of glory, that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, that he is the wonderful counsel of the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And those of you that have that revelation, Those are the ones that we are talking to specifically now to come together for the higher realm of glory in reaching the lost souls and the nations there that are crying out for the measure of the statue of Jesus. They know there's more that they have to hear and obey for righteousness unto yielding the peaceable fruits of holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That's why... We, in the body of Christ, that have been born again, you have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're born of the Spirit, born again as newborn babies. Now the babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Paul tells us that, Hebrews 5. And he's speaking of the king priesthood of which we're all called for, and in uh, expounding on Melchizedek, he says, these things are hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing because of that. He then uh, reprimands them that they are to be there to grow. And when they ought to be teachers, they have to need again to be first taught again, the first principles of the oracles of God. And he says, then for those that are weaned, from the milk and a full age on the meat of the word of god they are the ones that have their senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil to discern that good from the evil you get the know to do good and they discern that good from evil and that requires maturity those that are a full age have their senses exercised thereby to discern that good and we find in James, the fourth chapter, and it states there in verse 17, reading from the word of God, therefore to him that knoweth to do good. They have that knowledge, the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. At Ephesians 4.11, it says there that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. That's grown for the work of the ministry. These are the ones that are called for the work of the ministry, which is the Jesus ministry in these last days that will confirm the week of Jesus to all the world. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, a three and a half year ministry. There remains another three and a half week there of, and that's weeks of years. It's not a Shibboa, it's a Hepdad that three-and-a-half-year ministry yet to be revealed. That's upon us in the work of the ministry, what we are in the body of Christ called to do, to accomplish in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the obedience under righteousness unto holiness, being led of the Spirit of God, revealing Jesus to the world. They're letting our light shine. Well, for the work of the ministry, those, it's a good work. Know is to do good. Knowing to do good and to do it is to be pleasing to the Lord. To do it not is sin. We don't want to be accounted unworthy of the kingdom of God because we sin, because we do not move in accordance to the leading of the Holy Ghost, which is called iniquity. Iniquity will abound in the last days. And because iniquity will abound, lawlessness, not following the leading of the Holy Ghost, even though we have the Holy Ghost, the Christ in us, we don't obey it. Because we do not obey it, then it is sin to us. To him that knoweth to do good, and that requires obedience. And does it not? To him, it is sin. And sin is what separates us from God. So we draw nigh to God. He draws nigh to us. And that's in the proceeding word of God. It's not just, well, we're newborn babies and that's it. And we become stagnated. We then, we drink milk and we're on the milk of the word there for a year, five years, 10 years, 15 years. And then the body of Christ then has rickets because we haven't grown. And that is many a state of a believer that thinks that, well, I'm saved, always saved, there's nothing else. Oh yes, we go from newborn babes to little children, knowing that Jesus is the Father. Through that revelation, now we have attained to the growth state of little children. I'll write you little children because you've known the Father. Well, you know that Jesus is the Father of glory. He that believeth on me, Jesus said, believe not on me, but on him that sent me. That's the Father of glory. Well, what's the state that we are in now that is imperative that we must believe of these things that must shortly come to pass? What is that? It is that of young men. Now, in Revelation, the second and the third chapter, it states to him that overcometh will, and Jesus speaks to the seven churches, I know thy works. Those works are good works, the knoweth to do good. And that is acceptable in the perfect will of God and purpose of God for each individual member of the body of Christ, doing the specific will and purpose that they are called for. Some are called for first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, then gifts of healings, gifts of miracles, governments, helps. There we see that there's diversities of ministrations, of ministries that God has in the body of Christ, but every individual member is called for a specific purpose and will of God. Now, God will and is fitly framing this body of Christ together now, and he will compact it according to the measure, the measure of faith given to each individual part, and then the bones will come together, of which every joint, the bone to bone, then gives us a joint in joining together in the body of Christ, whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. If we do not come together, then there's no joint and there's no edification in the body of Christ and there's no growth. The growth comes from the body of Christ coming together, which every joint supplies. To have a joint, we must have two bones coming together. And we find that in Ezekiel 37. Of course, applicable to natural Israel there in May 14th, 1948, Israel made a nation. We thank God for that. But as goes the natural Israel, so goes the spiritual Israel, the church. There's no replacement theology. There is the promises there made to the patriarchs concerning Israel as a nation. And God is totally confirmed to do in his covenant to fulfill those promises to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, etc., that And I'll make of thee a great nation. All the nations of the earth will be blessed in Israel in the millennial. That is a promise of God. Then in Genesis 15, we have the seed Now, the church is the seed of Abraham, the seed of David. And that house, the tabernacle of David, is still being built, and Jesus Christ is still coming in the flesh, as stated in 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4. How we try the spirits. And those of you that know this word of God, we must come together for the edification of the body of Christ growing up in, in itself in that love or charity in doing the will of God. Charity is that which is reaching the bond of perfectness, perfection. That does not start and as attained by a baby. A newborn babe is unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't understand it. They haven't reached that point of growth yet. Then we go to that of little children. We know that Jesus is the father. We know he's the Lord of glory. He know, we know that he is God manifest uh, there in the days of his flesh. Now glorified back to spirit, the quickening spirit that he is now. That we don't stop there. uh, Paul stated there in 1 Corinthians 13, speaking of there abideth faith, hope, and charity. The greatest of these is charity. Charity is not love. It is far greater than that. Charity is the love for God and the love of God based in doing his will. It is uh, there doing the will of God, doing good. And him that knoweth to do good and does it not, to him it is sin, as stated in James 4. So that's where we are must. And we are positioning now in the body of Christ through the move of the Holy Ghost, bringing us into one, one body, one spirit in whom we are called in one hope of our calling. That charity, Paul states, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child. We're not speaking to those that are going to stay little children. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. There's a growth there. That's the things of faith. Now faith, not yesterday's faith, not tomorrow's faith, but now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We are to grow up into Jesus in all things, all truth, full-grown, mature, weaned from the milk in a full age, having our senses exercised thereby to discern both good from evil and do good. And if we do not, it's iniquity. It's sin. And because iniquity will abound in the last days, the latter days, uh, uh, some will depart from the faith. Their love will grow cold. In 1 Timothy 4, 1, Paul states that in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. They were in it, but they will depart from it. Given heed to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, not realizing we have to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus, we become complacent. We become at ease in Zion. And Jesus warned, Woe be unto them that are at ease in Zion. Jesus stated, I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their leaves. We must be stirred up, pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That mark is not a beginning the race or the middle of the race. That is that mark is the Tov. It's the last letter of the Hebrew ABC theory. We see it in Ezekiel 9. We see that again in Philippians, uh, Philippians, the third chapter. Paul talking about, I'm not perfect yet. Neither have I already attained. Paul wrote 14 books of the New Testament. Out of 27 books, he wrote 14 of them and ascribing Hebrews to Paul. Well, if that is the case, and he said, I'm not perfect yet, there remains a greater, higher glory than Pentecost of what season he was in. And that season of Pentecost, There was the church age there that we've been in for two days or 2,000 years since the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But now the Lord is changing to the last great reign of his strength, that third season of tabernacles, which is the first feast of trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus, which is incumbent upon us, the body of Christ. That burden is on upon us, to perform it, we can only do it through obedience under righteousness under holiness, following the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's where we are now. That is the now faith. That is uh, the proceeding word of God that we live by. But we must come together. We must those that understand the word instead of being complacent and at ease in Zion. We must say, well, we're not called just for a local church to give a tithe and have a song service and a a few minutes of preaching or an hour or two of preaching a week, but to come together as a living organism in the body of Christ with the blood flow of Jesus and fellowship one with another, the body of Christ coming together. When we do that, then we will see great things accomplished for God, for our Lord Jesus Christ, according to the word of God. The testimony of Jesus will be prevalent, which is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus in 19, Revelation 19.10, John saw this work of the body of Christ coming together. That man that he saw is not an angel. It is the living creatures. It's the zoe, it's the beast of Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, which are the redeemed of the Lord. They are full grown. They are not newborn babies. They're not little children. They have gone to young men and then the final sealing of that of fathers, full grown in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God has called us for. Full maturity, growing up into Jesus in all things. In all truth, Ephesians 4 tells us that, for the purpose of the work of the ministry. This gospel of the kingdom being preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. We're called for that now. God's doing it now. And that wisdom is being literally spoken through the leading of the Holy Ghost in the voice of the Son of God, which He stated. The time is coming and now is when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. That is a progressive uh, proceeding word of God by which every man lives thereby. It requires us to move in a higher glory from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So therefore, in the Pentecostal reign, that the church we, the body of Christ, have been in for over 2,000 years. Since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and the day of Pentecost, the church age, we have been there in that proceeding word of God in Pentecost. But now we're entering into the third season. We are already in it. Those that understand that are hearing the voice of the Son of God, as he stated, and these are the ones that are the overcomers that are called young men. John states that in 1 John, the second chapter, verse 12 through 14. I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Those that are overcomers in Revelation, the second and the third chapter are the ones that God will move into the living creatures and use for the final sealing of fathers in Revelation 7. That's the apocalyptic sealing of the servants of God in their forehead, the mind of Christ. We must come together in the word of God in the unity of the faith to the knowledge of the Son of God. That requires us all walking in the light as he is in the light. That's Jesus Christ, the blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can see can or can enter into. That is 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. We, if we walk in that present truth and the preceding word of God, walking in that light, in the present truth, not as newborn babies not as little children, just knowing that Jesus is the Father. That's not enough. Emphatically, that will not get any of us an access to enter the kingdom of heaven. We must do the will of God. Somebody said that's works. They have no part in it. They don't understand that those that follow the Lord Jesus Christ have to have obedience unto righteousness, as stated by Paul in Romans 6. Faith without works is dead. The ones that state that there is nothing else to do except being born again are the ones that these children will be literally cast out of the kingdom. The ones that understand the progressive growth in the body of Christ, that Gathering all things together in one in Christ Jesus has been God's will from the foundation of the world as stating in Ephesians 1. God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things, that's all things of faith, together in one, one mind and one accord in the unity of the faith, all things together in one in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4 tells us that, that we are to grow up in him in our Lord Jesus Christ, in all things. That's all faith. Now faith is a substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. That's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things, which must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel unto John. This is happening now. To those that have an ear, are the ones that he is moving out, sanctified, and holy for the work of the ministry. This work of the ministry is the final last day preaching of the gospel of the kingdom to all the world for a witness in all nations. And then the end will come, and he that overcometh to the end, the same will be saved. If we do not give attention and obedience, to this proceeding word of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost, it is called iniquity. And because iniquity abounds, the living many will wax cold. It's disobedience to the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Lord is compelling us to go on. But we sit in a church, in a local body of uh, the church of where we have gone for years, saying, no, I'm fine, settled on my lease here and I don't want to go any further, and I believe I'll make heaven. That is just not the case. The true body of Christ is a living function in one body, one spirit in whom we're called in one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is the Father of us all, above all, and in us all. He is gathering that body together right now, fitly framing it together. Then he will compact it, seal it, according to the measure of each part, according to the measure of faith given to each part and the full growth in that measure of the statue of Jesus Christ as stated in Revelation 19.10. John saw it and he stated he was about to worship him. And he said, see thou doest it not. Who is this man? Who is this man that John is seeing in Revelation 19.10? Well, it's not an angel. It is the body of Christ and the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ with Jesus the head. And we, the body of Christ, uh, that literally fills heaven and earth, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that name Jesus. Taking on that name, uh, when we were buried with him in baptism, bought with a price, putting on our wedding garment, for as many have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. When John sees this man, he bows down to worship him. And he says, see thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren. Who are you that have the testimony of Jesus? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is the faith in drawing up into Jesus in the present truth, proceeding word, of God unto perfection. They have added to their faith virtue. Virtue knowledge, my people, perish for lack of knowledge, they have gone on in the knowledge of these exceedingly great and precious promises, whereby through the, the obedience of these, that we are made protectors of his divine nature and escape the corruption of the world through lust. But we don't stop at knowledge. We add to our knowledge temperance. He that striveth for the mastery must be temperance, self-control in all things. That's all things of faith. We don't stop at temperance. You add to your temperance patience. And let patience have a perfect work that after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience. And tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, and experience worketh hope. There, patience, let patience have a perfect work that after you've done the will of God, you have need of patience to have a full reward then patience, then godliness. That's the god life. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, the god life. For God was manifest in the flesh. It's nothing of us. It is the spirit that he now gives us through faith and obedience and baptized with Jesus Christ in his death and then born of the spirit. That's godliness. Then it has to be obeyed. And then we add to godliness, brotherly kindness. So fulfill the law of Christ, literally uh, bearing each other's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. Brotherly kindness. Then brotherly kindness, charity. Now, charity is the final epoch of perfection. It is the will of God that we have obeyed unto not just the love of God, but charity. Charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. Charity is uh, that point of obedience under righteousness that we attain under that charity which abounds one toward another. We find that in 2 second, second Corinthians. We find that uh, in the first chapter that if you are partaker of his suffering, you will also be partaker of the consolation. Not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him doing the will of God not doing our own will, setting our own will aside. Somebody say, well, I really would think I'm satisfied in my local church and I'll just believe I'm saved. Well, to go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus requires a move in obedience under righteousness unto holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, which is not a dress code, but is a partaker of his divine nature, being holy as he is holy. Now, that charity will cover a multitude of sins. Why? Because it is Christ, that seed remaining in you, in obedience, but because many will in that day think that they have done many wonderful works in his name and in the name of Jesus have cast out devils and in the name of Jesus have prophesied. But will hear the frightful words of Jesus saying, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You did not follow my leading. You didn't come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You knew that Jesus is the Lord. You were saved. To that point, you were born again, newborn babes. But then you grew to little children. You called him Lord. Those are the little children in Matthew 7. That not, Jesus said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, or have reached the state of children will be able to enter in the kingdom of heaven. But only those that do the will of God knoweth to do good and doeth it not to them that it is a sin. And no sinner is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And they then proclaim to Jesus, Lord we've prophesied in your name. And in thy name, we cast out devils. In thy name, we've done many wonderful works. Jesus said, I never knew you. Why? Because we didn't go on there in the growth and the proceeding word of God in obedience, under righteousness, under holiness. We stopped along the way. We ran a race. We did run good, but then we were hindered. And we did not fulfill the will of God according to the will of God and purpose in our life, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling for it's God that worketh in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. We did not perfect that will of God in our life. That is only through in obedience and reading the word of God that it's strong in us, young men, I write to you young men as, as John stated, 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I ran you young men because the word of God is strong in you. They've read the word of God, not just listening from a pastor or a bishop or an apostle or a prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, whatever. They have literally sought the word of God, drove nigh to him in seeking him diligently with all their heart. Searching the scriptures daily to see if the things preach are so. And uh, searching that scriptures for them thinking they have eternal life. And these are they that speak of Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. And these are the ones in, in Romans 12 that Paul states, this is the only way to know the will of God and to do it to be acceptable to our Lord and pleasing to our Lord Jesus Christ. Said I, that is, he writes unto the brethren. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, the church, the ones that are born again. That he's, and, and very explicitly states that we must do the will of God. i have to you, brethren, that we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. We must mortify the deeds of the flesh to do the will of God, crucifying the flesh with the affection and the lust, and follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, which is obedience unto righteousness. That is righteousness. We're made the righteousness of God, righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Then he states, not being conformed to this world, don't buy the life of a prosperity church, of a prosperity gospel, that you can have the world and love the world and have salvation too. We cannot. can serve God and money or mammon. You'll either hold the one and despise the other or hate the one and, and love the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There, but Jesus is very straight with that. Anyone love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. and he states that 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 conform to the world is to be at enmity or in enmity with God. So therefore, we must mortify the deeds of the flesh and do not just talk about it, not more than in tongue, but in deed and in truth, in order to have access to the kingdom of heaven, and that is in the present proceeding word of God, in the ministry voice of Jesus that God is doing now, and sealing his people now to those that have an ear to hear. So those that are pressing toward that mark, this, these are the ones we're speaking to. These are the ones that will be that voice of the fathers to the children of the children, the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest God comes to smite theirs with a curse. This is where we are now. So he states that very simply, that to do the will of God, that again, Romans 12 verse 1, I beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, not our own will, not our own works. By the mercies of God, we present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, being acceptable unto him. Be not conformed to this world, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. those are the young men. And why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God for you is. Working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, but knowing that it is God that works in us both the will to do of his good pleasure, and him that knoweth to do good as we are in this proceeding word of God now. In the season of the ministry voice of Jesus, in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, we must come together of whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love, growing up into Jesus in all things. If we walk in the light, assuming that we do, walking in that present truth, then and only then do we have fellowship one with another. The blood flow in the body of Christ and whichever joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. Then we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus then cleanses us from all sin. Therefore, we're going to ask you to join us. Join that we may all work together. They're not of our righteousness or of our holiness, but for his name's sake. Somebody said, well, Brother Beard, what's your duty, what's your call, what's your burden? My burden is I pop the rag and shine your shoes. I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing of us or any of our righteousness or any of our holiness that God simply says he's a little, he's sealing his people now. He's doing it, not us. It's his work, not ours. It's obedience to him and the calling of God. That's where we are now. So, contact me, that we may work together. The Lord is doing his his will, his work upon us now. If we are obedient, under righteousness, unto holiness, then we will be acceptable in that work of the ministry for this last day work. If we do not, then the Lord will not have pleasure in us and we will not have access to the kingdom of heaven. We must walk in the light as he's in the light. So please contact me. I look forward to meeting you and working together with you in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ for the work of the ministry. I pray each one everywhere that God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented at the coming of our Lord in both spirit, soul, and body. As we pray for you, please pray for us. And until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the Real Jesus